Welcome to the Legit Lady Podcast, where we feature women who are nailing it in life. Hey, Legit Lady listeners, this is your host, Julie Fetterman. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And welcome to the podcast where we feature impressive women to inspire the world. And if you feel like sending some feedback to us, if you have any questions, or if you know a legit lady in your life that you think we should consider for the podcast, feel free to send us an email at legitladypodcast at gmail.com. Now, I want to take a moment and just say, wow, all of the feedback from last week's episode has been incredibly heartwarming and really appreciate it. Plenty of DMs and emails and things like that. It really feels like Donna's interview touched a lot of you and that means the world to us. And it really makes us keep doing what we're doing and want to keep working hard to make the podcast really successful. So thank you. Now, if you feel inclined to support the podcast, there's a couple really easy ways to do that. So the first way is free. And who doesn't love something for free? Feel free to review us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and feel free to subscribe on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. And now the second way is if you have a couple of dollars to spend, if you would feel inclined to take us out for a coffee or a drink or something like that, there's a nifty online tip jar called Kofi or coffee. It's sort of like taking out for an online coffee or drink. And the way to be able to support us is to go to kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash legitladypodcast. Again, ko-fi.com slash legitladypodcast. And for $3 Canadian, which is an absolute steal of a deal American, if you're listening from down south, it's a really great way to give us a little online high five and keep us going just to support the podcast. Because unfortunately, podcasting is not free and it does take a lot of time, effort and dollars to keep doing what we're doing here with the Legit Lady Podcast. Now, on that note, I'm going to, instead of reading a review from Stitcher or iTunes or wherever, I'm going to take a moment to read a couple of the recent uh, notes we got on Kofi. And I'm going to start with Sean, who says, great podcast. Thanks for putting out such great content. Oh, thanks, Sean. And the next one I'm going to read here is from Bea. Bea says, you are such a badass lady, Julie. I am so inspired by you and your creativity. This podcast is so cool. Keep crushing it. Oh, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I really, really love and appreciate all of your messages of support. So please keep them coming. And, uh, and yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Now, on to our regularly scheduled programming. I met this week's guest several years ago when I was working for a tech startup and had the opportunity to invite her to get some feedback on a mobile app that was in development that I was working on. And since she's so tech inclined, she's no stranger to all things online. In fact, she's an award-winning content creator and expert in digital media. And if you've heard of the term influencer, and there's been a lot of them, (laughs) these days. You hear them all the time. She's actually an OG when it comes to 
that whole world with her award-winning blog, This Is My Life, that she's been doing since 2005. And for some of you listening to this podcast, man, you are barely out of diapers at that point. She's graced stages as a speaker for TEDx, South by Southwest, North by Northeast, CMW, YouTube Canada, and even for the United Nations Association of Canada. Please give a warm welcome to the one, the only, Casey Stewart. Well, Casey, thank you so much for being here. I've admired you for quite some time. (laughs) And you're always a ray of sunshine. And that's why I felt very compelled to ask you to come on to the podcast. You're certainly a legit lady. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Yay. And you know how this works. We get to know you through 10 main questions, lots of follow-up in between. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yay. We could talk all day. So (laughs) Amazing. Well, you don't have anywhere to be later on, so this is fine. (laughs) So let's kick things off with question one, which is what advice would you give to your teenage self? So I was thinking about this and I'm, um, you know, as my teenage self, I, uh, when I was in grade nine, I wrote a book and started a publishing company and I won Miss Teen Cambridge, which was the beauty pageant in the city I grew up in. Wait, wait, wow. All in grade nine? Yeah, that was in grade nine. And then in grade 10, I was awarded young entrepreneur of the city. Um, I've always done a lot of stuff. Um, uh, so I mean, even that teenage self, I was really into, you know, being entrepreneurial and I was on the, um, I helped form a city youth council and I was the director of public relations for the city youth council aside from school. So we governed youth issues in the city of Cambridge and went to city council meetings. So I, um, I was always really involved in stuff. Your face Girl, is like, I'm just like, what was I doing in grade nine? I thought I was doing stuff. I was I in mean, like a was, theater company, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, so, keep going. No, I was really, um, <laughs> I just have always been, um, kind of like a go-getter. Like I've started other businesses when I was like in younger school, just like selling stuff at school. Um, but I think in high school, one thing that was really, um, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I would say like, don't listen to the haters or don't listen, like, don't worry about other people who, you know, someone else is making fun of you or something like that. Like, don't listen to them because there's a good chance that when you get older, there'll be this thing called Facebook and those people will be (laughs) overweight and they'll be not cool anymore. And if they're peaking in high school now, they'll be, you know, not you know, because I know there was a whole bunch of girls that made fun of me. And I remember walking back from school by myself from my dad's house and them singing all by myself what? to me oh. while I was walking by myself. Oh. And all those girls are like, they never, I still have them on Facebook and a whole bunch of them didn't leave, haven't left that small bubble that they lived in. And they mm. were really cool then, but they didn't do much else. So I remind myself to like, hey, this is only one portion of your life and you got a long way to go, girl. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like. Karma's a bitch, too. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, those people were so mean to me. And like that day I used to go home and watch Young and the Restless at my dad's house because he lived across the street. Good choice. And I still watch it, but that's a whole (laughs) nother episode. But, um, you know, and I I was so happy. And then those girls would just like to like squash the happiness and, um, yeah, don't listen to the haters and don't worry because you got a long way to go. 
that was a really long-winded answer, but you know. That's all good. No, there's there's no particular way you need to answer. Yeah, but it's just really, I think, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like now growing up with social media. Mm. I'm so glad I didn't have that when I was in high school. Mm, same here. But I think it's important for people to know that, you know, even especially someone who maybe peaks in high school, that's not a good thing. No. You know, it's like just follow. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of different students in classes and college, university, high school. And I always tell people, you know, find something that you're really good at and just learn as much as you can about it and try and try and pers- try and become the one who knows the most about that thing. Because mm-hmm. with the internet now, you can create a job for yourself in any industry, like yeah. any, a- anything. It's like, cool. You love sneakers. You want to be a sneakerhead. Boom. Like you could create a job out of that. It's so true. And information really is currency now. Yeah. So I think that's great advice. And very often with those people who are just the mean girls, mean guys mm. in high school, it's just a reflection of their own insecurities. Yeah. They're just jealous. You're like, oh my gosh, look at this totally. girl. She is a renaissance woman <laughs> in grade nine doing all oh, these yeah. cool things. So what am I doing? I'm going to the mall and trying to, you know. But they were probably shoplifting. Right? Probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was... Uh, and I had, um, when I started grade nine, I was like a hundred pounds and I had really big boobs. So mm. I had like, um, that's always a, a fun D adventure. And I had long blonde hair and then I was in the paper all the time. Right. So there was a girl who like had an older sister and told everyone that I was a slut. I realized. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and she's like, had told, and I'm like, I had like maybe kissed a boy on the lips, like, you know? And so there was, meanwhile, I was trying to do all this great stuff, but then I had to, deal with these groups of girls at school who were like making fun of me, starting rumors about me. And that was really challenging. And some days I just like my house got egged by them. Like, <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It was, it was brutal. I empathize. I went through the exact same thing, but for me it was in middle school oh. and middle school was like two, two years, grade seven, grade eight. And so grade seven, I was the dork nerd teacher's pet. Ugh. Puberty hits. Now I'm a slut. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, you guys just hated me. And now all the boys like, you know, want to yeah. talk to you. And it's like brutal, brutal. So where did that entrepreneurial drive come from at such a young age? Uh, I think my dad was an entrepreneur. So my dad oh. is a custom hot rod builder. Cool. So Yeah, yeah. So um, my dad had his shop and uh, my friends had a knew a bunch of entrepreneurs. They, My parents moved to Canada from New Zealand and mm. they had my sister and I and um, we didn't have a lot of family. We actually have no family here. So my whole family still live in New Zealand. Nice. So the only people that were around us were our chosen family. And a lot of those people were entrepreneurs. And I, uh, my mom was at home with us until I was 16 years old. So she didn't work, oh, which wow. was awesome. So we spent a lot of time at the library, a lot of you know, it didn't have an iPad back then, of course, you know, so we spent a lot of time reading books and at the library and making stuff and doing crafts. And I just was, I've always been really like organized. I mean, my closet can be a mess, but like when it comes to, <laughs> you know, business, I just kind of always had this snack for it. You know, when we, they made a rule in like grade three or something that you had to have a bag for your gym clothes. You couldn't just carry your gym clothes or your running shoes. That was so a rule? It was a rule at my oh, school. Oh. So it was like a new rule. But that <laughs> that motivated me. And I came home and my mom was really um, – she was – you know, she's a sewer. She makes stuff. And I came home with my mom and I sewed a bunch of gym bags in three different sizes. And I went to school and sold them the next day. Of course you did. 
That's, that <laughs> is know? so cool. It's wow. just like, I just kind of, and we had, you know, I remember another time we had a school project and I would always make things like I made this Casey watch and I made stuff that had shirts with my name on it. Like I just always did that. That's so cool. I admire that. That is really, really awesome. Yeah, when would, I think about it now, I'm like, oh, you're so weird. But I mean that it's cool. No, you totally would be my kind of people, man. Back in high school, I'd be like, look at this girl. She's doing such cool stuff. How could I do these cool things? That's awesome. Well, and now you wear many hats. So you do many different things and different types of job titles. I was trying to do a little bit of research (laughs) and I was like, oh, influencer, digital media consultant, all these really neat things. If you had to try to describe a few of Um, these in maybe five words or less per title, Oh, man. I mean, um, I have a speaker agent with the National Speakers Bureau. Right. Um, I work with Sean, my partner's company, 1188 Films. So Mm -hmm. I'm sort of the – I work as a director there, but also kind of the head of social media. So anything Mm -hmm. that touches the internet that may be executing an ad campaign or something, that goes through me. And then um, I have my blog, so there's all kinds of brand partnerships there. Got it. And – what else? Oh, yeah. So, so like consulting stuff. So I've worked with lots of different clients behind the scenes on helping them execute campaigns, which, you know, I like being in front of the camera, but I also like being behind the scenes on stuff and kind right. of working that like magic. That's really fun. That's um, awesome. But I, I get asked like, so what is your, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. I just like try to do as much as I can. And what yeah. fall I've curated a life with things that I really like to do. And I, I do you know, I follow things that bring me joy. It's like I've just spent the last month doing Mary Kondo on our house. So I'm really, um, you know, f- focusing on things that bring happiness into my life. So if there's something that I don't want to do, I just I don't feel like I don't want to do it. That doesn't mean there's there's always, you know, some stuff that you got to do in life. But um, I've really worked the last couple of years to try and find pursue things that make me feel happy. I think that's really important because many of us get caught up in linear career trajectories and feeling stuck and saying, I'm in this job and I have to do this in order to make a living and that's all I can do. But I love the way you said I'm curating Mm -hmm. all of the things that I want to do effectively, right? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't always like this. Like I worked um, for my first kind of one of my first jobs, like I, uh, I worked in fashion and I it was for a big company and then I used to cry at my desk and I didn't like my job. And then I had worked um, at Much Music and MTV and I, I thought that was going to be like the coolest job ever. But when you get there, it's really just a big corporation. It's a big corporate company. Yeah. Yep. Seems um, glamorous, right? Yeah. And I was like, I'm so cool. And then I was like, eh, I uh. like it. And then, you know, I remember another time I was an IT recruiter and I had uh, a meeting every, I wore a suit, I had a briefcase and I was, Ooh, oh yeah, I don't even know. lady. I don't even know who that girl was. Cause when I think about it, she seems older than me or like, She just was lost because I thought that, you know, after university, I thought I should get that job downtown where I dress like this and I work in the financial district because that's what you do. And at the time I wanted it and I'd worked there for a while and my boss pulled me into his office and said, Case, what's going on? You don't seem like yourself. And I just remember crossing my arms and going, I don't want to work here anymore. I (laughs) I don't feel like it. And he like, he laughed and he's like, oh, I was like. I just haven't quit because I need that two weeks. And he goes, we'll give it to you. You can be done today. And I go, okay, bye. And I went to work at Hemingway's in Yorkville. Amazing. I worked in a restaurant for a few months. And I just, I just didn't feel like it. 
That's, uh, I mean, but that takes <laughs> I as no much. Plan. I have no plan. I have no plan. I just, yeah. eh, I don't feel like doing this anymore. It's true. But that takes as much self-awareness and balls or ovaries yeah. or whatever, as, <laughs> okay. whatever parts yeah. um, as, as sticking in it. I mean, yeah. that self-reflection and that ability to actually say it and do it and move forward with it, that takes yeah. a lot. I mean, I, I wrote this post. I saw a, it was a t-shirt somebody was wearing, but Mondays aren't bad. You just hate your job. <laughs> like if you you're like oh it's Monday like if you hate your job that much don't work there anymore yeah don't get on LinkedIn find a new job go to go do something else mm-hmm. like if I hate if I have a friend or someone that I it's usually not like a close friend but someone that I talk to is like oh my work and I was like every breath that you waste complaining about that is something you could be focusing on doing better or something mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. don't complain about it like action make a change like so annoying when people are just like no it's true yeah the the whole like complaining without actually taking action it also just gets on my nerves oh my god so much it's It's true just do it you don't like something you don't like your relationship leave the relationship don't do it anymore i i completely agree well so you've been you've been blogging effectively mm-hmm. since 2005 mm-hmm. and you've been around through this whole rise of influencer and influencer influencer culture. Yeah. Um do you even use the word influencer anymore or is it now kind of tainted by uh, this whole I mean it's you know what having influence and being an influencer are different. Mm. Right now, an influencer is someone who has a lot of followers on Instagram, basically, who has amassed some big following. Having influence is someone who's a thought leader that you can relate to, that you look up to, that has done some things that you admire or that you can Mm -hmm. learn from. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas I was always seen as like a blogger, but people followed me and maybe wanted to talk to me or learn from me because I would share my struggles or what I had to work through to get to that point. And that had me earn influence through the work that I'd done. But I see people all the time now who it's like, I was like, oh my God, when did you start your blog? Like last week and you have more followers than me and you're like posting all these pictures. But when you go out into the world or you go to an event, no Buddy really knows who you actually are because you're only you're you're known on a fairly insignificant social media platform, and that gives you an elated sense of self-importance. Whereas really, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. if Instagram wasn't around that day, what influence do you have? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to put it. What impact are you actually making in yeah, people's like, what lives? What are you doing? You know, if you're just like taking photos and like looking pretty, like cool, or you maybe have a really hot body or like, cool, that's, that's great. But is there anything more than that happening there? Mm-hmm. You know, and there are some really great influence influencers who do have that, you know, um, you know, someone who's really good at like baking those amazing kind of cakes or that, that stuff, that's like a real big skill or someone who, um, you know, is sharing knowledge about something that you can learn from so that when you're following them, you're like enriched and you want to know what they're doing next versus like the same photo at every coffee shop. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, like, and who crosses the street like that? Yeah, you know, like, like uh, it's like well, the wind's blowing so magically, like you could have died. Like, and, you know, it's I saw something the other day that's like, oh, feel bad for all the influencers who are out, influencers who are outside in like a totally non-appropriate weather outfit in the snow and their open-toed shoes, like trying to look sexy, and it's like. <laughs> You're, it's, there is a wind chill of minus 25. What are you doing? It like doesn't even make sense. No, it's so funny. I, I, I don't view myself as an influencer or anything like that. Like I, I try, no, no, I'm, I'm laughing so hard because, so I, I don't view myself as an influencer yeah. or anything like that. Um, I, I, I try to be a conscious thought leader and that's yeah, what I that's care great. about. Um, but my partner is trying to get more into photography. Yeah. And so he's asked me to be like, Hey, can you help me out? Do yeah. Yeah, yeah. solid and be a subject yeah, yeah. And, and obviously seeking influence from all, all these other big photographers on social media. Yeah. A- and so he's like, hey, I want to do this cool concept. Do you mind being the model? And I'm like, okay, okay sure. Like I'm no <laughs> model. But we we came back from this trip from India and um, some of the, the concepts were like me and a not appropriate for the weather because it's still technically winter in India (laughs) type outfit um, say in front of the Taj Mahal and because I'm a dancer I'm doing like some of these cool elaborate poses I'm freezing my ass off (laughs) and I have this like audience of people looking at me like oh god here we go I know I mean they're like they were loving it they were like laughing and stuff like that but I felt like such an idiot I'm like and and I don't like I I see this as being so funny I don't take any of this seriously I'm literally just helping him out but I couldn't imagine but it's like you know advertising (laughs) is advertising and like you know models are used to working like that or like you know the poses and stuff that are actually really hard to hold or Mm -hmm. shooting outside in a in a inappropriate outfit you know that's that's advertising that's marketing like that's cool but when someone is you know doing they're doing advertising they're not influencing you know what I mean it's like you know, I, there's a, you know, I'm sure you've seen it and it's people that every single thing that they post is a hashtag ad and hashtag sponsored and cool. Like that's it, not, that's fine if people want to do that, but really how much influence does that give you? I don't know. You're just kind of like a walking billboard, mm-hmm. which is fine, but that's not what, that's not having a lot of influence. Maybe it could have a lot of influence on someone's style, but not the same way that I think, um, you know, being a thought leader. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot more value. Mm-hmm. This makes me think about authenticity and mm. social media. And I'm curious how you balance authenticity on social media. So that bridge of sharing enough of yourself and mm-hmm. how you actually feel about things, but not necessarily in that overshare category. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't, share too much about my like private life. I mean, I don't talk too much about my boyfriend. I don't rant when I'm feeling unhappy. I save that to text one of my friends Mm -hmm. or a Facebook chat. I think, um, you know, I share my thoughts and my feelings. And the original title for my blog was, it's very long, but it was Casey Stewart, This Is My Life. And it was people, places, things, and thoughts in attempt to keep more memories. Because I found that it was it's so hard to remember everything that you do in a day. So I share um, there are 15 or 16 posts titled Sometimes I Don't Feel Like It. And it's when I write about not in order to deal with my feelings, I write about not feeling like wanting to be an Internet person, mm. you know, and um, 
And I'm real about that. And I've talked about, you know, mental health stuff and heavy anxiety and things like that. And uh, I try to just keep a balance between, you know, knowing when to take breaks. Like at Christmas time, I took like days off Instagram and I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't really post that much anymore, but still just I was up at the cottage and I was just me and Sean in the wilderness. And, you know, knowing I kind of stepped back in the last two or three years to be like making myself and me more of a priority of like not feeling like I have to share things on the internet because, uh, you know, it can be kind of like daunting, you know, when you feel like you have to share and keep up and post things all the time. It was just stressing me out. Yeah, it is. I mean, even for projects that I care about like mm. this, it's like, oh shit, I need to keep in mind my <laughs> posting calendar and what yeah. type of content is important and all that stuff. So let alone your actual personal life. Yeah. And then it becomes performative after yeah. a while. It's not real. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, you know, all the pictures you'll see on my Instagram, like they're bright colors of me smiling, which is, that's my real life, but that's only this much of it, mm -hmm. you know? But I think... um you know, if you look at pictures or photographs from your parents or like old albums, you know, those pretty much only show the highlights anyways. You know, mm -hmm. it's not showing your highlight reel and mem remembering those great moments. It's not a new concept. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a new format by posting it only on Instagram or something. That's true. Yeah. It, it is just an online photo album. Yeah. It's, it's just, true. It's just a curated thing about your life. Like one of the things I love about having a blog is I can go back and I go back and look at my archives all the time because like uh, my blog's been there since 2005, but before that I had a MySpace blog. Yeah. Before that I had MSN Spaces. Yes. Because when I went to, I went to university <laughs> in Australia and like I kept that um, MSN Spaces diary so that like my family could know what I was up to. And, um, you know, I love going back through the archives and I'll have a picture of something, but I, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, but I can look at that picture and remember so many other things about that day or that outfit or what happened after or what happened before. And, you know, that's what I think is really, really great about having that like online archive of my life. That's true. I actually started a, a blog more just as a place to put things that yeah. I could choose to share with someone else. Yeah. Um, literally just born out of a trip that we took to Japan. Oh, cool. I, I haven't been there yet. Oh, you should totally go. It's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful place. But I had all these things in my head mm. that I wish people told me mm. before we went because I asked so many people for yeah. tips and tricks and stuff. And we went and yeah, lots of misadventures, as you can imagine. Yeah. And I literally just started typing it out on my phone, just yeah. an email to myself. That's a great way to start. Yeah. And then I, I posted it as a shared Google Doc mm -hmm. and I had I just shared it out. So many people mm -hmm. were commenting on it. Yeah. And then I got approached and someone said, hey, I'd love to feature you on my blog. Would you oh, like cool. to put this on there? But I said, why don't I just make my own blog? Just do it. Just do it. So yeah. it's not like a serious thing at all for me, no, but, but it's a place to put stuff. Having I always tell people, you know, they're, they're like, oh, is blogging dead? I'm like, no, you know what? There has been so many, I was really, I love Daily Booth, but that service isn't around anymore. I love 12 Seconds TV. That's not around anymore. I love Vine. That's not around anymore. <laughs> the only thing you can really control is having your own home for yourself online that you own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if all, if Facebook gets shut down by the FTC or something mm -hmm. for bad things that they do. Possible. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that if there's no Facebook and there's no Instagram, 
what content do you have? So I tell people like, Bonnie's not dead. You want to have your blog or your website should be your home base. Mm -hmm. That's like where all your, you keep all your stuff. And then all the other sites are places to, you know, share in a certain kind of format or get people to go to your website. And it's important to have your own home on the internet. I hear you. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we could be talking all day. I'm going to go back to this list here yeah. to question two, which is... Oh my God, that's only question two. No, I know, I know. It's it's, it's far for the course. Yeah, yeah. It's good. We're good. Question two is, what's your proudest accomplishment? Oh man, I was thinking about this and, um, you know, this year, which was something that was really cool that happened in October, I was... Um, I got contacted from Conestoga College where I went and I they nominated me for the Premier's Awards, which is like a province-wide award. And oh. um, I didn't win the award. I lost to someone who's been in film and TV for a long time, but I was nominated for that award. And then with that, I was given an Alumni of Distinction Award from the college, which is the highest wow. college award you can get. And girl, I think that wasn't like getting that is – I achieved that award and it wasn't wasn't like something I had to apply for or I could have never seeked out to achieve that. But they had been watching me for a while. And that was a common that was a mix of everything that I've done over the last like 10 or so years. So I think that was a pretty cool accomplishment. And you know, I took my mom to the awards and my mom and my mom's best friend, who's like a second mom to me. So Aww. I took them and you know, getting up there to I had to speak in front of a bunch of people. And I think that that's a recent accomplishment, but I think that was a pretty big one because it's not something I could have achieved. You know, I couldn't have. It's just something that I was recognized for, you know, so that was pretty cool. That's amazing. That's yeah. something to be really proud of. And it really ties I back. I got a big certificate. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it better be it. on your wall. It's not up yet, but it's going to be up soon. So. Oh, that's great. It really speaks to what you were saying yeah. about uh, being an influencer versus having influence. Mm. This is textbook yeah. to you actually having influence, being able to make positive change in people's lives. Yeah, it was really cool. Honestly, when I when she first reached out, I was like, oh, my God. Did I not pay all my student OSAP? Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, shit. I probably owe the money. And they're like, yeah, those final exams that you did a little while ago, not sure like, if you actually oh passed. I don't know. I was like, oh my God. I'm in. Well, because I don't know. Like, even though you can achieve stuff, I. I shared a tweet yesterday that was an old tweet from Ann Donahue, who's an author. If you don't follow her, she's great. Um, but she said, this is your Friday reminder that everyone who you think has their shit together doesn't and you're doing just fine. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though I was like, they were contacting me for this award and I was like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> I also think that some of that is just human condition. It's like if you if someone comes up to you and says, "Oh, oh, can, we need we to need talk. talk," you're like, oh, "Exactly, God. exactly." You're like, "Oh no, what did going I do?" Down. Yeah, it's me all the time too. Oh, that's so cool, though. Ooh. That must feel amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, um, it, and I was also looking up uh, some cool other highlights from your life. Um, since obviously you blog, it's pretty yeah. easy to do. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's okay. I used to. It's not weird at all. I was creeping you online and, and I, like I noticed some things. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I, I did notice y you um, 
won a, a YouTube contest oh, something yeah, to do I, with Richard Branson. And I, I would just love to hear the story because I feel like this is pretty interesting oh, and not actually, your everyday thing. No, it was it was pretty interesting. There was when Virgin America came to Toronto in 2010. Richard Branson hosted this Amer this huge contest. It was the Virgin America Provocateur. They were looking for someone to represent the world's loudest and sexiest airline. So I was like, that's me. I'm <laughs> yeah. your girl. And I literally made a video in my room, propped up with my Canon PowerShot camera, propped up on books. And I just looked in the camera and I said, if you're looking for someone to represent the with red lipstick and yes. my blonde hair, you know, the world's <laughs> loudest and sexiest airline, I'm your girl. You know? And I <laughs> just made this video and I sent it in and it was the long, it was a three month long contest and they use Google OAuth to, for people to vote. So people could only vote using their one Google account. And I like canvassed everyone everywhere I went and I had been hosting some tweet ups and stuff back then. And so it was really long. So I had to do the first video and then I made it to the second round and then um, it was also a conflict of interest with my work at Much Music. So if I got the won the contest, I maybe couldn't work there, but mm -hmm. I left before. And um, so I got to the second round and we had to make a video of Nuit Blanche that night. And I was giving, they had given me like um, free flights on Virgin America to give out to people. So like, you know, it was free flights to LA or San Francisco. That's so sweet. And, wow. um, yeah. And I made this this video and my sister shot it on a flip cam and we blanche and luckily sean who's my boyfriend who we talked about when your partner has great skills yep. he edited it for me so i had a bit of a jump on the competition because i had a professional video editor yes shout out to sean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does tv and commercials but the thing is all's fair in the internet if you have the skills and you have the know-how like yeah. You, yeah. So and the I, resources. Come on. Yeah. And it was like that was kind of like one of the first things that like brought us together. And I submitted my video and I was on the streetcar one day and they called me from San Francisco and said, you won. And you get to fly to San Francisco first to come to the office, to the Virgin America office there. And then um, a couple weeks after that, they said, we want you to as our Canadian ambassador, you're going to help us launch service in Dallas. So Really? To, yeah. So they had, they weren't in Dallas yet. And oh. the really cool thing, once an airline goes to a new um, place, they do a water cannon. So a massive water cannon over the plane. And I was on on the plane with um, Eric Stone, Stone Street, who's from Modern Family. Oh. Um, and there was like a, uh, um, someone else from the hills. And there was all these celebrities on this plane. So we all flew to Dallas. And then that was my first time meeting Richard Branson. And um, yeah, and it, it was a really cool experience. So I got to give out a lot of different flights and stuff to for contests in Toronto and on my blog. So that was really cool. And then that was, uh, and then a couple months later, it only lasted six months because after six months, Virgin decided not to fly here anymore right I was gonna say I was like I, was I don't it. even remember when when they did fly here well the thing was ago. the contest that I did was three months and then I had a six-month contract and that was as long was as all they were here <laughs> so I really got the best part out of the whole thing you totally did and how was meeting Richard um he was taller than I thought really yeah he's like a six foot tall he's really was super nice and was really happy that I won and um, he was with someone else from Virgin America then. They said, when we saw your first video, we knew that you were the girl. And I was like, yes, go on. But it was, go I was on. just really like, 
I don't know. When I want to do something, I'm like, don't like to let things stand in my way. And I was like, I'm your girl. <laughs> I was like, so serious. Like, what a cool person. Did you feel like you were being ridiculous a little bit or like yeah. putting it on? Or you're just um, sort of. I'm kind of a bit over the top in general. So it's fine. <laughs> you're like, this is, yeah, this is me. Like, That's fine. just. You know, I'm just sort of like that. So, you know, kind of hamming it up a bit. And they loved it, though. And it, it totally worked. That's good. I mean, that that also means you're not taking it too seriously in no, a small way, too, just, which is great. And I was like, I didn't really care if I didn't win. But it was still, it was just really fun. That's yeah, it was awesome. a cool experience. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> oh, man. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I see Richard Branson's posts and stuff yeah, online. I, and, I just like, yeah. I, I, I would love to do something else. Well, they don't, Virgin America isn't Virgin America anymore. Right. They, so, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's over. It was good while it lasted. Absolutely. <laughs> no, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to question three. How do you balance work and life? Um. The key for me balancing, as I said, when I came over, it was, uh, you know, the weekends I try to stay home and not do anything. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I really made a decision. I was feeling really down and overwhelmed. And I was like, I need to take a break. And I, I just take breaks. I put my phone down. Like I haven't posted anything on my Instagram story for 24 hours. Oh, unheard of. I was like, Shocking. I, love, I love when that happens, when I see that there's like, you know, when there's nothing in yep. my story, you know, there was a time where that would give me anxiety. And now I'm just like, eh, I just don't care. You know, the world doesn't need to know what I'm doing all the time. There's enough things out there that anyone could look it up anytime. And it's just important for me to, I love sitting. I like yoga. I like to sit and I like to, I read books. Like I have a Kindle and I, I just like to take breaks. Like, I think that's the most important thing. We go to the cottage in the summer almost every weekend I love kayaking and stand up paddle and I just learned to wakeboard and Oh cool. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. That's but yeah, awesome. I think the really important thing is recognizing that I need to put my phone down or just step away from you know, I that's when I got a Kindle, I was like, Okay, I'm not gonna scroll my phone at night in bed anymore. I'm gonna put my phone down and read a book. Mm. It's still a device. But it's different. It is different. I feel like yeah. your your brain gets to a different place yeah. when you're reading as opposed to scrolling. Scrolling. Yeah. Uh, so taking breaks, is that something that you hold yourself accountable to? Or do you have a bit of a schedule? Well, even no. either schedule or even like your your like Sean as an example. Does do you say like, hey, if you see me getting overwhelmed, you gotta <laughs> like just call me out a little bit? No, I just kind of I know I can tell when I feel stressed mm -hmm. and I just take a break and I like, um, yeah, evenings like, I mean, because my, uh, the work that I do is kind of, I don't have a set schedule. So mm -hmm. I try to like when it's nice outside, I like to get up in the morning. I'm an early riser. I get up, I do a bunch of work, whatever I maybe need to get done for the day. And I try and take a break so I can go outside and like go walk around or go for a bike ride. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like be outside in nature. It sounds kind of corny, but I just need to get outside and feel the sun on my face and fresh air and, you know, step away. I mean, guaranteed I probably still take a selfie and post something, but it's like still out there doing something. Yes. Just like, well, the thing is I probably call Sean out more because he's got a couple different companies and, you know, with production schedules, it's like they have people in the studio working on stuff all night. So his phone goes off all the time. But I think, you know, especially the cottage is a big thing for us that we'll like 
stack wood for a whole day. I don't know. Yes. You know, go out in the boat and just just hang out and relax. No, I, I empathize. I, uh, my partner and I, we really try to go camping. And oh, it was just cool. yeah, like a place to go to Algonquin or something. Oh my something. God, that's so nice. It's really great. It's like, oh, the cell phone reception is terrible. You're like, Good. I love when there's no reception. Good. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll just poke around the fire all day and then yeah. just, just do that. That'll be my screen for the day. Yeah, I saw um, one of your questions about something that maybe I can't live without. And I used to say Wi-Fi. Uh, I'm not going to say that this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, I'm excited to get there. Um, and last thing I wanted to ask you is what are you reading right now? Oh, um, you know, I just got Kindle Unlimited. Ooh. So Kindle Unlimited is you can like rent books like library. Oh. And it's part of your Amazon Prime membership. So I just finished um, – I don't know the name of it. I'm just looking at my Kindle app. I just finished um, this book called Perfume that is – there's a show on Netflix called Perfume and it's about this guy, Grenouille. He's in France and he has um, this amazing ability to smell things. Like he's got really heightened sense of scent and he can make the most captivating scent in the world. Cool. And the show um, on Netflix is in French and German. Highly recommend it. It's kind of like a murder show. Yeah. Um, but the it in the show on Netflix, they're reading that book. So I decided to read that book. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So that was good. The book's in English. Um, yeah. So I read that. And I really like reading uh, crime, drama, murder yeah. stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's the one that I just finished. And um I just started a new book, but I, I can't tell you the name of it. But that one I would recommend. Oh, that's so cool. I guess it's a famous story. The author only wrote one book. That was it. And it's kind of like this cult classic following. It's, yeah. That's so cool. So interesting how these murder and drama shows have become more and yeah. more popular. And, well, like, and the, I mean, I don't <laughs> – I just – if there's like – a a married couple and someone cheats and someone gets murdered or some type of weird thing like that. I'll read those books, but I mean, I'm not like a violent person. No, definitely not. <laughs> I don't see you as that. And, um, <laughs> you know, but I like, I never read self-help, self-help books. That's not for me. I read them and I'm like, I roll my eyes. And, mm -hmm. um, I did read one that's, um, the art of not giving a fuck. Oh, that, Mark Manson. And, but I listened to it in the audiobook, and mm -hmm. it's read by the author. Mm hmm and that was good. That was like not your typical kind of self. The subtle art of not giving a fuck or something like that. Yeah, That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, I think that's the Mark Manson book I want I to say. So. Yeah, it was very popular, I think, because of the title. I was yeah. seeing it everywhere. And I like also uh, audiobooks if I'm out running outside mm -hmm. or something. Um, I just started listening to that girl I mentioned, Anne Donahue. She, her book is called Nobody Cares. I just started that on Audible, um, and it's her reading it, which is funny. That's also, awesome. another one, Jen Egg's book, the um, Toronto restaurateur, Jen Egg. Yeah. She, um, I listened to her book, which is read by her on Audible, which I would recommend as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I've, I've sort of followed her on the Fringe, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. I'll check that out. That's so cool. Yeah, reading is one of those things in my life right now that's taken such a back seat. So yeah. I think I need to get back into it and yeah, just, have a digital or audio format. Yeah, I just started like, I mean, it's been two years now that I had my Kindle, but like, dude, I've read so many books. <laughs> so many. I have made a, um, I have a, I on my Amazon store, I put all the books that I've read. So I can send you the link because there's some good recos there. Oh, please do. Yeah, I will, I will. That would be fabulous. Very cool. All right. So moving on to question four. Can you tell us about a difficult moment in your life? 
Oh, um, yeah. You want to know what, uh, remember that award that I told you about Mm -hmm. that night when I came home, I, um, I had a glass of wine with my mom, like wasn't like drunk or anything. And I went outside on her patio. I mean, outside, um, for a second to get something from the car. I had my hand in my pocket and I fell down the stairs and I broke my collarbone. <gasps> and so on the Ooh. that of being one of the best, most amazing nights in my life, I fell, but I broke the fall with my face <gasps> and my collarbone. So I'm recovering from a collar broken collarbone right now. And mm. what happened with that is there's this nerve in your face right here and it goes up above your eye and across your whole face. So mm-hmm. I, for the past few months, have been dealing with um, numbness in the right side of my entire face. Oh my gosh. So that has been very, I had a really bad black eye and I had to like hide it. I didn't go any, out anywhere because I didn't want, there was no pictures of that. But I mean, I have never had an injury like that where I couldn't move my, like I couldn't move my arm over my head. So on the contrast is something that was really amazing that happened. Something really bad happened. And, um, that was really kind of hard to deal with because I'm used to being an able-bodied lady who can do everything. And the face thing is very – so I get, like, sharp pains that go to my nose or in here, and the mm. top of my teeth are a bit numb. Oh. Yeah. So it's um, the kind of – it's just been hard to deal with and, like, to try not to let it bother me because, like, sometimes my face just hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think – trying not to get too like down and depressed about it because it was just like a freak accident. I've been on those stairs at mom's house like a million times in my entire life. And I just, it was cold that night and I guess it had been wet and froze and I just fell. Mm-hmm. So that was a really difficult uh, time, which is one of the reasons why I stayed home and Mary condo the whole house <laughs> over yeah. the last like six weeks. Cause I right. didn't want to go out anywhere. And it's like, uh, yeah. I don't blame you unless you do like the Russian spy um, eye patch kind yeah. of thing. Or <laughs> well, it was really hard because like, Jeez. you know, I just would be like break down at home. Like, I can't believe I'm dealing with this right now because it really hurts. Oh, but, you know, it the collarbone will heal and the nerve damage will go away eventually. Yeah. What's the recovery time on something um, like that? So like three months for the bone to heal. They said I would have been better if I broke it and got surgery, but because it was like a bad fracture. Uh, so that, um, so like three months, but it'll be another three months before I can like go back to doing yoga, how much, uh, or lifting weights or anything. Oh, it's just really annoying. It is annoying. It's like, uh, just, it's frustrating. And I would want to do things around the house and that I couldn't, or like lifting the groceries or putting on mascara it was mm-hmm. so hard for a while. Blow drying my hair, oh. uh, those kind of things. And it, like putting a shirt on properly. All those things that I was fighting against every day, but still trying to be like yeah. smiling for the internet. Yeah. That's hard. That is you hard. never know what anyone's, you never know what someone's going through behind that screen mm-hmm. or behind that smile or behind that beautiful house that they have could be anything, anything going on behind that. Yeah. And especially once any of the like the visual, um, the, like the visual elements yeah. of say a disability or an injury are not there. Like if I looked at you right now, yeah, you I would, would have no never, idea. never guess. Like, I can still feel like as soon as I touch it, it kind of like hurts. 
That's so, yeah. that's so weird. Like, it's so weird. You never yeah. want to hit your face. I'm very thankful that I didn't hit my teeth. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that'd be a whole <laughs> that thing. That would be a whole situation. Because, <laughs> I mean, I love to smile and smiling's my favorite. You of course. Know? But, yeah, that was something that over the last like six, eight, nine weeks, it's been... Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry you dealt with that. It's really like a, it's a okay. Murphy's Law. You're like, this is the best night of yeah. my life and also the worst a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, you know, you have to kind of be resilient and know that, you know, could it could have always been worse and you're okay mm-hmm. and I'm okay and I can deal with it and mm-hmm. And it seems like from what you were sharing earlier, you have some good tactics to be able to mm-hmm. deal with those, yeah. those like valleys that come with the peaks, yeah. taking breaks and things like try that. Try to maintain so that you're not constantly up and down because mm-hmm. it's like that weighs on your mental health and your heart. But mm-hmm. try to maintain like more of like a plateau. Yes. Where it's so don't get too phased by thing. I try not to get too phased by things or have like deep highs and lows because mm-hmm. it's too stressful. No, it's true. Is there anything else that you are doing or have done to deal with those moments where you're just feeling really frustrated about either your injury or anything else? I think, um, you know, I sleep is really important. Um, I have the Headspace and the Calm apps, both of them. Um, And I use like a meditation app like at night when I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when you know, my mom would always say when I was really stressed out, she's like, just go lay down and take a nap. Yeah. Yep. And it seems so simple, but it, honestly, sometimes I just stop what I'm doing and I go take a nap or I go for a walk because something, something so simple, like a lot of times I work from home and just putting on my shoes and my jacket and going outside and going for a walk really just really helps clear your head because mm-hmm. so you can realize that it's not that bad and you're nothing the whole world is not going to collapse even though it may seem like oh my god my world is ending it's not (laughs) it's not you're gonna be just fine and i call my mom pretty frequently we're really close and she's the one person that when something really amazing happens she's there and then also you know when i'm like i can't deal she's also there to like bring me back down to my level oh it's so great to have those supports oh, in your so life. Yeah. You're so lucky. Yeah. And some of it's also perspective. I yeah. mean, this week for me has been a really draining, difficult yeah. week. And you know, I met up with a friend and she was going through some actual oh. traumatic stuff with yeah. her family. And just in that moment, I just felt like my my body, my emotion, just everything yeah. shift. It was like, oh, oh, shit. What I'm dealing with right now is yeah. not that bad. It's not that difficult. Perspective is really important. It you is. Know, it's like you know, it could always be worse and you're okay and you have your health or you have your family and someone you can call, you have a roof over your head, um, you know, and that's stuff that you just got to remember that. Yes. Sage advice, Casey. Sage (laughs) advice. You're okay. You're okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. (laughs) All right. Question five, who or what inspires you the most? I think, um, you know, my whole life, I have really looked up to my mom. She's really cool. She, um, she stayed at home with us when we were, uh, kids I mentioned, but also she's the reason we came to Canada. She always wanted to go to Canada and 
she was a, had a job as a seed analyst and came here on a two-year visa and ended up staying. And she worked and my dad didn't at first. And then when my mom was 40, she started doing Taekwondo and now she's second Dan Black Belt. Wow. And then when she was like 50, she took a year off. Um, she took a year off work because she works in the school board. They can do that. Sailed to the Bahamas for a year, lived on her boat and sailed back. Like what? so badass. She's so badass. That's amazing. Yeah. So she's wow. really um, always inspired me. She always encouraged my weirdness and or, you know, I always like to wear like funky outfits. And I remember when I was a kid, my neighbor saying, you're going to let her go to school like that. And my mom said, if she feels confident, she can wear whatever she wants. Oh, you know, and she just awesome. was, she's just cool. She's supportive. She doesn't let things stand in her way. And she's like an independent woman. And she's great. She's really a big inspiration for me. I can imagine. It seems like you've taken a lot of those best practices yeah. into what you do. She's so cool, mom. Love you. Oh, mom. <laughs> that's so great. And and that's hard, especially even in that generation, to to have that independent of voice yeah. and have the conviction to do and say those things. Oh, my God. Even like my mom, she's like, I want to show you something she put on her taekwondo uniform i just about peed my pants i laughed so hard <laughs> but she didn't care she went and she stuck at it and like i've seen i've been in class with her because i did taekwondo too and i've been in class with her i've seen her do a spinning back kick and break boards like wow you do not mess with that lady oh my gosh i know i always have a lot of respect when i see those types of moves i'm like i'm i'm just gonna like break Run. the bones in my foot or my hands <laughs> it's not a thing yeah yeah so she's she's cool oh that's great Mom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question six. What is the most adventurous thing you have ever done? Um, I mean, I've been skydiving. I flew to Boston for the weekend and I went skydiving and I didn't get life insurance. I mean, I didn't get travel insurance. <laughs> I didn't like, get travel insurance. Oh, <laughs> either way. I mean, that's pretty yeah, ballsy. No, I didn't have life insurance either, but I, I went skydiving without travel insurance. Um, so that's pretty adventurous. I mean, I've been... Um, oh, was that alone or did you go with? No, I went, I had some friends and they knew that I wanted to go skydiving and they were like, we got, we bought a group on, you're coming to Boston. And then we went and they didn't go. They just, me, they just, I went free fall 13,000 feet. Yeah. Wow. I just, I didn't even think twice. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Really? Yeah. So I think probably skydiving is probably one of the craziest, but I mean, I've been on safari in Thailand and like, you know, uh, yeah, I think that 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 probably takes the cake. That's so cool. <laughs> it's like, it was so random. That I is. didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my dad. I just told them after. After like, the skydiving. Yeah. So I was like, you know. Why did you want to do it? I just want to jump out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be like, woo! Yeah, it was so fun, you know, and I uh, – it was great. I, I have a video of it. Like I had the guy come out and videotape me the whole time. I just like I like doing adventurous things. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the New Zealander in you yeah, a little bit. It's the outdoor adventure <laughs> capital of the world. So yeah. I would totally do like I wanted to go bungee jumping when I was there last time. But I think my mom was really freaked out. So I didn't do it. Like if I was there by myself, I would have done it. But my mom didn't want to watch me bungee jump. I mean, yeah, like if I had a kid, I would also be terrified yeah, on their behalf. She, she was just like, 
do you have to do it? She asked me not to, and I was like, okay, fine. I'll Aww. do it next time. Yeah. Just like, uh, go to the movies. And yeah, I'll just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you there in an hour. So I think it's pretty safe. Like, I watched my dad bungee jump in New Zealand. It's fine. Oh my gosh. I I have no interest in any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, for me, like that type of drop sensation is just not my thing. But I have a lot of respect for all the people who do those things and love those things. It's yeah. like, unsubscribe for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I'll, I'll, I'd like to try, like, I mean, it'd be, a, you have to do a lot of work to get there. But I see when like people do base jumping or something, like, I mean, you have to do a lot of steps in order to get to that point. But the thought of doing that to me in a squirrel suit base jumping is really fun. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I don't know how the steps to get there is a lot, but maybe one day. That would be amazing. Yeah, the thing about um, skydiving for me is is just imagining being in that plane and you're like, okay, I've already committed to this and I'm on the edge and I just – it's that moment before you actually even was, jump. I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Especially if you're and by yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that free fall was amazing. Oh. That feeling. I mean, I had a tandem, so I wasn't like by yourself. By yeah, that's a good but thing I'd for your first time. But I'd love to get to the point. Uh, you have to do a certain amount of jumps. Um, but I, I would do that. That's just that's cool. That's hardcore. And <laughs> safari in Thailand. That's yeah, neat. like riding on the top of like a, a jeep through the jungle. Wow. Yeah. What, what type of animals did you see? Um, Oh, like uh, monkeys and elephants. I went to an elephant sanctuary and I rode on an elephant. I rode on a couple elephants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the things. Yeah, just like <laughs> doing adventurous stuff. Oh, that's so cool. And what's next on your travel list? Um, I think my next adventure is – got a couple of things in the works, but I'm not uh, sure yet. So I don't want to jinx it by saying it. But I think um, Germany in May mm. – and then um, uh, somewhere hot. I like to go back to Costa Rica. I got Ooh. a spot that I've been to a couple times for a yoga retreat. So yoga and surfing. Oh, cool. Yeah. We were just talking about Costa Rica. We'd it's really like best. to go. Oh, my God. Like I've been a lot of different tropical places, but Costa Rica, the people are so nice. It's like I would say it's like chill and cruisy. Like it's not commercial. It's like relaxed. Oh, that's good. That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you see my world map here. I yeah, need to, yeah, yeah. I need to go so many more places. So I feel <laughs> yeah. like I've just scratched the surface yeah. for me. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? We are at question seven. What do you attribute your success to? Oh, this is a hard one. I would just say not giving up, man. That's like, there are so many times where I would be like, I... I mean, I told you I've written blog posts that like sometimes I don't feel like it and sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I think, oh, my God, wouldn't it be nice to have a regular job where I went to nine to five and I had health benefits and vacation days and a regular paycheck? Like, that would be great. But then I take a bike ride at 2 p.m. on the afternoon and have a cocktail with my friend. I think, who wants a job? Right. You know? So it's, it's uh, you know, it's not easy and it's kind of like – took the road less traveled and that's made all the difference. You know, I chose to maybe do something that a lot of the girls that I was friends with in college, university, you know, got a job and they have families and they have a bit of more stability, but I wouldn't trade what I've, the weird path that I've taken to get where I am now. I wouldn't tra- trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. Just got to not, can't give up on yourself. Uh, that's really important because it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that you face no matter what you do. And you just got to not 
just realize it's kind of like taking breaks or taking deep breath or being like, okay, this too shall pass. Like, I'm, this is not the end for me. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the types of hurdles that tend to come up in your world of work that make you get close to that oh, man. giving up point? I think <laughs> the freelancer cash flow is a big mm-hmm. one that stresses me out. I mean, there's especially when big, huge companies are like, oh, like they don't pay you on time. That pisses me off. I'm like, <sighs> you can afford it. I was like, you, <laughs> here I am, like independent woman being like, where's my check? I hate chasing down money. I hate chasing it. It's like, I, why should I have to email you and call you and come to your office yeah. and chase down money when you have a payroll department? <laughs> like, like, you guys should know better. <laughs> cut a check and don't hire someone if you can't pay them. So, I mean, I get really angry about it sometimes, but like, I think the cash flow situation is because when you have some money in the bank or you can cover your bills or you can cover the stuff that you need to do, money isn't that big of an issue because you're just focusing on other stuff. But when you don't have money in the bank, everything else is harder. Mm-hmm. Everything else, like making dinner or like going out to see your friend. If you don't have or you're waiting on checks and there's not money in your bank, it's so stressful. I can imagine. That's like, you know, and I I try to, you know, I've now got some saving and some investment and stuff, but there's, you know, I had like a, hey, taxes, like I had to pay a bunch of money last year and I had to do it in a certain like payment plan and I put a bunch of savings in there and that was stressful, but I knew that that was going to happen. So I had saved some money, Mm -hmm. but if I hadn't, thought ahead of that, like I would have been fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, and that was like, I had to deal with that right before Christmas time. And right. You know, I think that that really stresses me out. Also, um, people asking you to do work and not wanting to pay you was something that, I mean, that doesn't happen as much now because people know, oh, you're an influencer. Like they're hiring you to do a job, which involves Mm -hmm. writing, photography, maybe some video, editing, promoting stuff. They get what it's for. But I still get people being like, I had someone that wanted me to publish their infographic about something. And I said, cool, just let me know like your time and budget. This is a story I'm interested in. Well, we don't actually have a budget for this. We just thought that, you know, you'd want to post it. I was like, you think that I'd want to sit at my house and do work to to promote something that you clearly paid a bunch of money to create? You think I have nothing better to do? How about I don't post it because I'm going to make the same amount of money? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I can pay myself fifty dollars go for lunch and not do it. Seriously, I think that's stressful. But Casey, you'll get exposure. Air quote like, exposure. Oh my god, I got to send you this video. It's Harlan <laughs> Ellison, who is a writer on Babylon Five and all these show, and it's called Pay the Writer. And he's like, "Why should?" Because Warner Brothers came to him and said, oh, we want to put an interview that you did on the DVD. And he said, no problem. Just pay me. And they said, what? You want us to pay you? He's like, what am I? What is Warner Brothers? Some little company out there with a tin cup saying, oh, can I have some money? Like, you're a huge company. Why won't you pay me? And And then he said, no, you can't use my interview. If you want to use my interview, cross my palms with silver and you can have it. But otherwise, no. Yeah. It's like... It yeah. it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, and I'm curious how, you know, aside from obviously paying people that they work yeah. with, um, 
what are some best practices when brands or individuals are are seeking to work with quote unquote influencers sure. or thought leaders? Because I see from time to time people like you know you or like other other mm. peers of yours and yeah. that kind of community pop up with some hilarious shame posts of like, hey, take a look at this um, mail merge note yeah. uh, to ask me to do something ridiculous for no money, you know? Yeah, I think. Um, you know, I'm lucky that I have a lot of great relationships with people because I've been in this sort of world since it started. And I think writing someone a personal email, taking a look, take a look at the person's stuff before you reach out to them. You know, um, you know, take a look at what they've been doing. Scroll back a little while to see if they're a great fit. I think it's really important for brands to like get woke to getting people who are actually a good fit, not just because someone has a big following. Um you know, take a look at the people before you contact them, see what they've been up to. Um, spell their name right. Don't call me Cassie. Oh, God. <laughs> like my oh, email no. is Casey at CaseyStewart.com. Cassie has two S's. So people are like, they got the email right. And then it says, hey, Cassie. I'm like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> I was like, that Cassie, she gets a lot of presents. She gets a lot of emails, you know, and I understand. Your evil twin. <laughs> I understand like autocorrect, which is fine. But, you know, if you're sending me an email and you want me to maybe work with you on something, then take the time just to double check. Double check your work for spelling mistakes, like stuff like that. Pretty easy. Spell the people's name right. Take a look at what they're doing. Get to know their content. See if they have any competing bit competing brands that you've worked with because maybe if they've done all stuff they're part of the nike swoosh fam and you're adidas maybe and they've posted a lot about nike maybe you could find someone else give someone else an opportunity who doesn't already have like a maybe a brand deal going on mm -hmm. you know i think there's a lot of great content creators out there and there's a lot of people you don't have to work with the same people all the time because mm -hmm. some people get a lot of deals they just they're just out there shilling stuff every everything day. yeah it's like okay boring wow another sponsored post by it's true yeah, it seems like some of it's laziness too oh, yes. they're like oh i this is the person i've heard of or i've seen our yeah. competitors use so we're gonna yeah. go after them too as opposed to actually doing work yeah, to I mean, seek like, other people you out know, i think something that is really important is for brands not to just look for people who have the most following but who have an engaged following and who are creating who who are having joy in what they're doing. They're not just doing it for the sake of getting stuff or making money. Like find some people or someone who's doing things that that make them happy. And you can really tell that like sometimes you can just tell people on their posts that it's they're real. I think that's really important. Finding people who are real and not just like faking it for the gram. <laughs> This seems to be such a thing. Oh, my God. It's such a thing. Oh, well, what's been a couple of your most memorable or most enjoyable gigs or partnerships you've done? Oh, um, you know, I've I think the most uh, I have a couple things. I've worked with TELUS for eight years. So TELUS, wow. um, I helped I had worked with them where they kind of covered my phone bill and then they wanted to create an influencer program and I helped them. I sat down with them to give them, in my experience, what I think would make a great influencer program. And now they have a Canada-wide group of like 20 or so people. Wow. And in May last year, in, May, in the spring last year, they took us all to the head office in Vancouver and we all hung out together. And everyone was so unique and different. And everyone kind of had their own thing that they did. Some were French, some were English, some were food and some travel and family. And we all... 
are were such different people, but you could tell that they put in so much attention to finding great people because we all shared the same values that we loved what we did and we were, you know, genuine and we cared about friendship and kindness and, you know, saving the planet and great technology and you know, that my partnership with TELUS has been long and I love them. They're a great company. I've given, they've donated over $20,000 to different charities in my name. Wow. Over the past, over that time. Um, every year they make a donation to a charity of my choice in my name. Um, so th they really give back in communities. They've got a great initiative that's called We Give Where We Live. Um, I've volunteered on a whole bunch of stuff with them. So it it's a really great partnership. Uh, I also had a great trip to Thailand with Kentucky once. Uh, that was really fun. Cool. And I've done a couple partnerships with Aeroplan, which I've been an Aeroplan member my whole – as long as I can remember because with my family living so far away, getting Aeroplan points was really important to, like, my family so mm -hmm. that we could maybe save a bit on our long-distance travel. So working with, working with Aeroplan has been really great too. Oh, cool. Yeah, so fun. That's amazing. Well – I mean, when I started hearing about you, you were kind of known as a sort of like a tech blogger. Yeah, I would do like tech stuff a lot. Right. And so with that being said, uh, especially now, since there's a lot that's changing, mm -hmm. what are you seeing in that tech space that's exciting you? Oh, um, you know what? There's some really cool stuff Um coming up with a, uh, augmented reality, mm -hmm. which I'm really excited about, uh, especially Sean's company, Occupied VR, does like AR and VR. So um, they've done a couple apps and stuff that they've done. So augmented reality stuff, I think is really, um, really into that. Uh, it's cool. I mean, it's amazing to see how far I just got a brand new iPhone, uh, not this one, but it's still in the box at home. I'm going to set mm -hmm. it up when I get home. Mm -hmm. Um you know, but seeing that now my iPhone can go two meters underwater and yeah, and for 30 minutes, like, wow, totally fine. So, um, you know, when I used to go traveling, I would take, you know, my camera and my computer and then my phone and then some other stuff. And I went to New Zealand for a month last year and I just took my phone. That's it. I didn't oh. take anything else. Uh, so just the way that, um, you can do so much on one device is really cool. And I think, uh, yeah, AR, definitely some really cool stuff. One of the things that they developed was, um, for a client in the cannabis space that they've got, but what with the app, you can scan the product label and then all kinds of stuff pops up about the product. Oh. So Imagine that if you go to the LCBO and you scan a bottle, and there are apps like this, but you can scan a bottle and you can learn all this product information and see mm -hmm. the region just through your phone. Mm -hmm. So I think that type of technology when it comes to shopping and stuff is going to be really cool. Ooh, that yeah. is really cool. I'm excited yeah. to see that continue. Yeah, it's just cool. You know, I went to um, CES last year and also the um, self-driving cars. You know, people get freaked out about it, but I'm into it. Yeah, especially the the self parking ones too. Oh, oh my god, I've yeah. done that. There's the Ford. <laughs> I've done some stuff with Ford, and Ford has like park assist, and it can parallel park for you. I've done it. It's really super creepy. You're like, it's not creepy. That's the wrong word, but it's like, oh my god, robots driving because the I'm steering so wheel moves Ooh. for you, and you you just sit there. And I was like, <laughs> someone made a video, and I'm like, ah, ah, 
It was so funny. I know, because you're like, oh, what if it suddenly speeds up? Or no, you it's oh, so, wow. yeah, if it suddenly speeds you up. You know, I don't know. There's just like, you know, no, it cool. accidentally crashes into the car behind you. What do you, yeah, you just shrug no, your shoulders? It's, uh, it's like amazing. The, the integration of like automobiles and tech is so cool. Mm. So definitely some cool stuff there. I never owned my own car, but who knows? Maybe it'll be a self-driving car one day. I feel like I could see you in something yeah. like that. Because you could be like scrolling, working. Like the, yeah. the crazy thing is uh, when I was at CS, I went in uh, a couple of different cars like that and they have an amazing audio. And there was um, Harman Kardon had this thing where you could, it turns the in, like if you're parked the inside of the car basically into a multimedia studio where the screen, wow. you could watch a 360 video on all the windows inside the car. Wow. And I was like, this is mind blowing. And then you could have a conference call, but each person comes out of like a different speaker. So it's, it feels like you're in a room with everyone. It's like a souped up cash cab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So definitely oh. uh, cool. I just, I love really cool tech. Right now I'm on a program where I'm testing these um headphones that are called aftershocks. So they go over your ear and around the back, but they use bone conduction technology. So the thing that's cool about them is you can hear the world around you, but you can hear the music, but no one else can. So let's say you're riding your bike or you're at the office and someone calls your name, you can hear your music, no one else can, but you can also hear if someone calls out to you or if you're walking down the street, like I don't want to wear full noise canceling because like what if there's a siren? What if someone calls my name? Right. But these headphones are really small and it you hear it through your bone. That's so interesting. It's really I was I was like, oh, OK, I'll try them. You know, I like new tech, but I love them. They're so cool. It, do they cancel enough noise? Like if, if yeah. people are talking and you don't yeah, want to yeah, hear yeah, that and okay. just turn it up. Oh, and then, wow. or they come with earplugs, but I, I like to know what's going on around me yeah. know, for safety reasons. Yeah. But you can, you can just kind of tune out what's going on around you. Cause someone the other day was like doing this and it's like, oh yeah, I am listening to you now. Yeah. Yeah. But you can kind of use your selective hearing just to listen to the music or book or podcast. And then, yeah. Very cool. That is really neat. No, I, I need those for sure. Yeah. It was like. Because, you know, I got a pair of noise-canceling headphones and I would want to wear them at the gym, but I get, like, self-conscious if I can't hear anything, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and you, like, you know, I would never wear those kind of headphones, like, if you're on your bike or something. That is no, it's not a good place to be. I mean, yeah. I work in an open-concept office, yeah. so having some They're degree of thing, it's, it's good, but people are calling your name from time yeah. to time, too, so. Yeah, it's really, um, really cool technology. So I love testing out anything that is new and innovative. You know, I've said lots of times, like in different talks, that like innovate or die. That's what you need to do. Always be kind of progressing and changing. Yeah. And it's actually something I wrote down. It's a beautiful segue. Um, how are you innovating right now in yeah. your sphere, in your life? I think, um, you know, I realized a long time ago that focusing just on my blog was, I mean, it doesn't give me as much joy. So over the past two years with um, 1188 Films, Sean's company, other company, I've moved into directing. So I've directed um, a bunch of commercials and a music video um, for Bacardi, Fuji. Um, I've done a bunch of real estate stuff. Cool. So I've taken my experience of um, creating great content for web and also being in front of the camera 
to being behind the camera. And I really love that. I love it so much. It brings me great joy to work on a project, taking a, a client's idea through conception to execution to making it real and then having it into a piece of content. And that gives me so, so much happiness. And it's uh, I just didn't want to rely only on my blog because if I have to blog about stuff in order to make money, it, it's not as fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And was directing something that you had experience in or learned how to do beforehand or was that just... No, I just wing it. But I yeah. mean, I've been on a... I've done documentaries. I've been on TV shows. I did commercials when I was a teenager. You have exposure. So I've been a, on a lot of sets and stuff. And I mean, the first thing was... I, Fuji was doing this commercial for the, um, Instax camera and they were going to use non-use and non-union actors. And I said, why use non-union actors? Why don't we get some influencers and pop them in it, Mm -hmm. give them exposure of being in a national commercial. And then we don't, they're still non-union. So it's not like we have to pay actor, but they're also probably going to share it on their social media. And you know, it's a win-win for everyone. They said, cool, you got the job. (laughs) I was like, all right, shoot. (laughs) Gotta figure out how to do this. Just wing it. Um, You know, but I just kind of took the experience that I had and, and, oh, shoot, Siri. (laughs) Siri is like, I want to be part of this too. Um, But you know, I just take, uh, you know, that's part of it is, even when I, I worked for a little bit as a social, social media director at an agency called Community, and when I got offered the job to be the social media director, I'd never been a boss, and I'd never worked in an agency, but I did it. Yeah. Just like, just look like you know what you're doing. Have your hair done. Have your nails done. Walk in there with a <laughs> smile on your face. Stand up straight. You're fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, mm. it's true. It reminds me of this story that... Uh, a friend of mine shared and uh, <laughs> she went to an audition and partway through the audition, they're like, you're going to have to dance in this audition. Like, I think it was tap dancing oh. or something like that. And she thought this would just be acting. She was oh. like, oh, no. So she's like, hey, can I have a few minutes to go to the restroom? They're like, OK. She goes to the restroom. She uh, <laughs> I think she actually she's like, I actually undid my like I undid my bra. So yeah. I, she, she was like, I I don't know how to dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she undid her. <laughs> she just undid her bra. She went back to the audition, back into the audition room and she just tap danced. <laughs> <laughs> she got the role. Oh, my God. So funny. And so her life motto, and this is probably like not a, a great role model, but she's <laughs> like her motto was when in doubt. Unhook your bra and just keep on tap dancing. <laughs> just, oh, just great. fucking wing it. Just yeah. wing it. It's oh true. God, that's so funny. It's ridiculous. So in a small way, I, I yeah. try to take the essence of that story. Just, just, just do it. Wing it. Like yep. no one knows what they're doing. Just like make it up as you go and try to do your best <laughs> and uh, listen more than you talk if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It's actually really important advice. Yeah. So if you're like, mm-hmm. And what do you think that, how do you see that this working out? Okay. And what do you think? Okay. So, all right, guys. So now what we're going to do is. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can imagine. So going back to Innovator Die. Yeah. In a nutshell, what do you think the most important way for any brand to keep innovating would be? I would um, want to hire experts who know what they're talking about. Mm. And take their advice. 
Because sometimes people will hire you and then they won't take your advice because they think they know and maybe that's why they should. So, I mean, hire experts <laughs> who know what they're talking about. And also don't be afraid to try new technology. Mm. You know, technology is the biggest kind of gateway to being innovative. There's always new things out there. And I think, um, you know, new technology can give someone definitely like a jump on the competition. Mm-hmm. Just like... I mean, if you've always been doing the something, if you've always been doing something the same way, how are you going to have change or try and get ahead? You know, it's like you'll turn into Blockbuster and nobody wants to be that. <laughs> Except for that Twitter account. Did you hear about that? That Twitter <laughs> account? It's like there's this old Blockbuster Twitter account oh, really? still run by some like ex oh my uh, God, really? employees up. or something. And it's it's biting. Apparently it's really funny. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I definitely <laughs> had to look that up. Like that's yeah. funny because if Blockbuster had have got on that train yep. a long time ago, maybe they could they have got into the Netflix game, you know? It's true. Maybe we could have been renting things from Blockbuster online or subscribing to Blockbuster versus Netflix. Exactly. You know? No, Netflix point. is a great example of a company that is pretty, you know, is super innovative. It's always like adding new things. They take cues of, of what people are talking about and create shows that they know people are going to like. They've got a great content team uh, in LA and then here that, you know, they had their Twitter accounts are run by cool people and yeah, they're smart. That's awesome. And speaking of social media and Mm -hmm. innovation and trends and things like that. So we talked a bit about actual technology, Mm -hmm. like hardware. Um, As far as social networks go, which social networks do you think are on the rapid decline and which ones are maybe on the up or if there's anything new that you think has a lot of potential? This is a good question because I've been saying this for a while, but Instagram is on the way down. Mm. I think people, Instagram consistently is like, cool, now you can get IGTV videos in the feed and people are like, can we have a chronological timeline? Like that's the (laughs) only thing people want. And they're doing everything but that. And they're, um, you know, Instagram, WhatsApp and something else. They're all going to be merging the messaging. Messenger. Right? Messenger. Messenger, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think people in general are getting really tired of the platform. You know, maybe the Instagram came back about how we're not limiting your feed to people who see it. You just see the people you interact with most. But that's like, I don't want to see that. I want to see everyone. So as a content creator, people I think are getting pretty frustrated. Um, I have a a friend who's a great, who makes amazing content. Her name's um, Lauren. She does This Renegade Renegade Love. And, um, you know, she has said how she's kind of moving away from Instagram. She's got a lot of great audience, a really engaged audience, but, um, you know, she's been pretty vocal about, you know, not putting all her eggs in the Instagram basket. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, my favorite social media platform is Twitter. I love Twitter. It's like... Really? I love Twitter so much. I find there's people that I I talk with. You can have conversations. You can share video or photo. It's not stuck in a grid. The timeline moves fast. So it's not like you post something. You don't have to live with it for the rest of your life when you look at it. Like mm-hmm. Instagram, I'm always like, oh my God, what am I going to post? Like I need something that looks like this because I stress out about it. I didn't post anything for an entire week because I'm like, I just can't even deal. Mm-hmm. But Twitter, it's... You can just share funny things like this Sunday is the Grammys and I love award show Twitter. Oh, it's so like funny. the live tweeting. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, I just 
I know it, Twitter doesn't have as many users as Instagram, Facebook, but it's a great it's just a great platform. I just love it. I like to just share stuff there. That's so interesting because I I always thought that Twitter was on the decline, but yeah. when you reflect about it, you're like, oh, there's really nothing else that does do exactly and what Twitter does. And it's the only thing that it's like when news breaks, it breaks on Twitter. It does. When there's something trending, it's trending on Twitter. Like mm -hmm. you can't have the same interaction that you do on Instagram. Like Instagram is just, it's more like a static image. You can have mm -hmm. content comments, but it's not with a wide audience. Whereas mm -hmm. Twitter, you can say something to the world. You can tweet to a celebrity. You, they can tweet back, like Chrissy Teigen tweets back to people all the time. And, um, you know, everyone has their voice on Twitter and it's more about words and less about creating that perfect image. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I like. It's more um, conversational versus having that perfect Instagram photo. Mm -hmm. And you're right about the algorithm control. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem to be the same no, thing on Twitter. Just, you can see chronological. Yeah, well, Twitter actually just changed. Um, so you can choose if you want to see the most relevant tweets mm -hmm. or you can just see regular you know, timeline, chronological, which is great. Mm -hmm. And is there anything new? I mean, I'm sure there's new social networks oh, all um, the time, but anything that's been on your radar recently that you're you excited know, by? Not Really? I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon comes out with some type of more socially platform. Mm -hmm. um, Hopefully it's not a Google Plus. <laughs> no, oh my God, no, not at all. Google Plus was great for search engine optimization. But mm. um, yeah, I think that uh, I don't really have anything else that's on my radar. I do think that Pinterest... Um, I think people are probably sleeping on Pinterest a little bit. I but love Pinterest. Pinterest is a great, it's like, it's a search engine. I love it. I'll remind me to send you a deck I just got from Pinterest about Ooh. what they're adding to the platform because they are coming up with Shop the Pin. Ooh. They're going to be rolling that out to users across Canada. Right now it's only for a small group in the U.S. But, um, you know, Pinterest, my Pinterest traffic um, is like 25,000 impressions my Pinterest boards get alone. And um, that's something that I'm definitely going to be investing more time in this year yeah. is Pinterest. Um, it's just, I love Pinterest too, but mm -hmm. it's great for driving traffic to your website. It's great for, um, you know, images. Uh, I think that, uh, I think Pinterest is going to really have a kind of like resurgence of coolness of coming up, not just for like mom bloggers, like everyone. <laughs> It's true. And in general, you can see that we've shifted towards such a, a visual yeah. consumption. It's like, it's very funny. It's like visual and then just purely audio, like via podcast, yeah, boom, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it just, it's hilarious to see that. So I think you're yeah. right on that. Yeah. Like um, also, you know, podcasts, obviously, yeah. you know, podcasts, <laughs> that, that's something that's really become a lot cooler over the last, you know, couple of years. So happy to be participating in podcast world. Hey, hey. Yeah. Have you done a lot of podcasts? I've been on quite a few. Oh. Um, I've never made my own. I, I, have, I have all the equipment at home, but I just... It's a lot of work. I haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a lot of work. Do yeah. it, but it's I a got, lot of work. I've got a lot of things I'm doing and I, I might feel overwhelmed if I try to do a podcast. Well, I am so happy, happy to have to you I'm happy to be here on. on yours. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to question eight. We're going to, we're almost near the end here. So question eight is what item or items could you never live without? And we know it's not Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, I, like a specific item? Anything. Um, I mean, sun, sunshine is a really big, important thing in my life. I know mm. that's maybe kind of cheesy, but... I just love the sun. It makes me feel so happy. 
you know, my plant, I've got a lot of plants in my house. I love them. It's nice plants. And I like <laughs> do the best that I can do without a balcony. <laughs> it makes me so happy. It's kind of cheesy. Um, you know, a specific thing I use my phone is probably like I love my iPhone. I can do everything. I can not touch my computer. I can go away for the weekend without my computer. But, you know, my phone is there for safety reasons. I can write blog on my phone. I can do everything. And I think that's the one thing that I really, um, I can pay for stuff. If I lose my wallet or I leave it at home, I can pay for everything with my phone. I think that's the most versatile piece of technology that plays the biggest part in my life. It's my phone. That's cool. I've been thinking about, the phone is sort of your central thing for everything these days. I've been thinking about how that will evolve into even a wearable. And I know wearables are already a thing. So, so love wearables. I'd like to be able to just be like, I talk right into my arm. I'm ready to get a chip if someone wants to test. (laughs) Someone wants to use me as a test subject where I have a chip in my arm or something. I just become a digital cyborg, I am ready for it. Yeah, it's it's true. And it sounds ridiculous. But I mean, in either case, because if people are worried about tracking or this or that, it's like you already are because you already have the phone, yeah. but it's just you have the inconvenience of actually holding yeah. a thing. So I, I'd love to see where that goes. Oh, I'm so far past worrying about privacy. It's like, yeah, if someone has like, if you're not like my mom, for example, she's like not an online person. So for her, her privacy is more guarded. For me, I am so far on the other spectrum mm-hmm. that there's so much information information about me it's probably almost becomes almost invaluable because it's so colluded with so many things like how could you even know my shopping habits it's just like so random bizarre or my interests like <laughs> it's just so it's there's so much to <laughs> it's like uh you know three jars of mustard and a grand piano who knows yeah. right yeah <laughs> Something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, no, it's true. I mean, and, and quite frankly, unless you have something to hide, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Some of us who might be listening might yeah. have some sketchy history. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's fair, okay. Fair enough. Question nine. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Oh, um, you know, I, I think that I don't have a specific product or anything, but I mean, check out my blog follow me on pinterest (laughs) follow me on instagram reach out say hi i think that's the um the biggest thing i mean i just amazon also amazon has just um created this new influencer program so i just made an amazon store oh which is kind of cool i'll send you the link if you want to create one i have a uh 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 in for you if you want to do that but um is that for you to sell? Yeah, things well, it's that just you, you can you, you just um, pick all your favorite Amazon products. So, like all my oh. books that I've read, I can make them into a list. So then, and you get um, it's like you in the Amazon affiliates program. So ah, you cool. get like I mean, it's you don't make a lot of money, but it's like you get a small kickback if someone buys your stuff. But I think it's um, it's a really cool concept. I think the peer recommendations. I'd love to if I'm going to buy something, and my friend recommends it. Like give them the couple cents or whatever they get from it. I'm, I love supporting people. So that's kind of a cool new thing. And if someone is listening and they're interested on how to do that, I'm happy to share. That's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. That is really neat. Look that's at cool. you. Look at you. I know. I got my own On the wave. <laughs> on the wave of technology. All right. Well, before we close things off, I, I had one quick question. Sure. Um, being a woman in the quote unquote public eye, mm-hmm. um, has that impacted what you choose to share or how you dress or present yourself 
again, being a woman as mm -hmm. opposed to, say, a man? Yeah. Um, you know what? Yes, I would have a lot more followers if I showed a bit more skin. I'm sure of that because hmm. um, I know that that is a thing. But I, I mean... Sorry, until, perverts. Yeah. <laughs> um, up until uh, two years ago, so I had a breast reduction and it was covered by OHIP. And um, up until that point, I had not shown any type of like even this part of my like chest, mm. um, you know, not even cleavage, but just like that part like of my collarbone chest. Like collarbone level. Collarbone yeah. even because yeah. I was just so self-conscious and I – I always wore things that were kind of baggy and covered that because I didn't want, I wanted to be known for my brain and what I was doing versus like, hey, guns, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that, I mean, I consistently would be super conscious of what I was wearing mm -hmm. to not look a certain way because I was probably su suffering trauma from high school, right? right? Um, so, yeah, I, uh, you know, I just, I dress like a business lady or like, you know, um, you know, if I'm going into something, I'm very conscious being a woman. I'm very mm. conscious of what I'm wearing as mm. to not give off a distracting and like not be too distracting or too sexual, I guess. Mm. Um, that kind of sucks, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in general, like it sucks that we have to do that kind of thing. Yeah. That we have to keep that in mind. Totally. Because um, like guys just, don't care. No. It's like how one thing I don't understand is how guys can bend over and their whole ass crack is hanging out. But like a woman <laughs> notices if your one button even comes close to being undone, you're yeah. so self-conscious. Mm -hmm. And guys are like. Yeah. How can you not notice? How can you not feel that? Like, oh my God, cover up. <laughs> it's so true. No, he's laughing because laughing literally right before you came over, uh, he like bent, was bending over and I'm like, babe, your butt is out. Yeah, and he's just well, like, oh, really? Too. I'm like, how do you not feel the cold air on your butt? Like, well, your man's up. But you know, it's something that simple is like, mm -hmm. oh my God, like I would know in a heartbeat, even if like, something is showing, you know, yeah. your underwear line is showing or something. We're so self-conscious of it. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it does kind of suck, but I mean, um, now that I, after having that operation, I couldn't believe what it did for my mental health versus like the physical thing was fine. Like, mm. you know, that I knew was going to be a change, but I actually was like, now when I walk into a room, I don't feel like anyone's looking like, mm -hmm. you know, but that that was a big thing for me. And I waited a long time to do it. And then I was like, I can't I need to do this now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the, it's definitely something that I have been conscious of, like what I'm wearing and where mm -hmm. and, you know, like covering up kind of, which is, I shouldn't have to do. But it's true. Well, it seems like it, because through this interview, you've yeah. really leaned on how much being a true authentic thought leader mm -hmm. is to you. Mm -hmm. So not having anything take away from that, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I understand it, even though deep down I'm like, that really sucks. And yeah, I wish like, you didn't have to feel I like never, that. I never like, oh my God, I would never wear like a tank top. Like, I don't think, I mean, besides being at home or at the cottage, like mm -hmm. I would never wear like a tank top. I wouldn't, couldn't even wear like, at the time I didn't have any like button up shirts that fit, but just thinking of the shirt potentially popping open yeah. or something is like I, I mean just, button ups are cruel in general yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know if you've got g yeah. cups or yeah. even like c cups man it's just the just like, it's a cruel design yeah so <laughs> I mean but definitely what I wear has been something that's really um I've always been pretty conscious about it. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned getting the breast reduction mm -hmm. surgery. I know quite a few people who have gone through that yeah. whole thing. And was it just 
uh, for that more mental uh, alignment. So being I able to feel better about it. I didn't want to carry those things around anymore. So it was They're more physical. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> They're heavy. Fair, fair. And I didn't like, you know, before I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get dressed. And Sean would be like, are you ready? And I'd be like up there crying because nothing fits and I feel Aww. ugly and I feel like a huge person. You know, and then, um, you know, now it's like, are you ready? And I'm like, yep. And I run down the stairs, Aww. you know, it just, I, it did a lot. You know, I always had confidence, but I mean, just not being stressed out about that every single day when I got dressed just really made a big difference in my life. I'm so glad for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yay. Yay. Ontario. Yay, Ontario. <laughs> I know it's true because yeah. I'm sure that thing is really expensive in the States. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeez. I I mean, we're really lucky to live here. Yeah. Agreed. Okie doke. Question 10. What is a lesson you learned the hard way that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, a lesson that I've learned the hard way. I mean, taking care of your finances is definitely, I've mentioned finances before, but, you know, I got, uh, I guess financial is kind of a big one. But I mean, when I came back from university, I had had an Amex, a Visa, and a MasterCard, and I maxed them out, and it went to a collection agency, and I had to have my dad, like, help bail me out. And then I went to a credit counseling company, and for six years, I paid – six years, five years – I paid a certain amount that was, like, almost the same as my rent to that every month to pay off my school. Mm. Um, and since paid off – I paid it off by the time I was 30. That was my goal, but – Save money, take care of your finances, mm. um, because if you don't, it can really come back to kind of haunt you. Mm -hmm. You know, like that was a really stressful thing to deal with. I feel like there's got to be some other lesson that I learned the hard way. I mean, you've shared a ton already, yeah. which is great. You know, one <laughs> I mean, or two uh, things. Take care of your finances. Learn the hard way. No, I it's think, um, I think that's something that like, especially if someone's like a parent and they're listening, like teach your kids about finances. Mm -hmm. Don't sleep on that. Cause like I went to school and like now I guess they're going to start teaching that stuff in school. But like, you know, you can, you can ask that can escalate fast if you don't take care of it. So I think that's a kind of expensive learning of that kind of stuff. I mean, good for you for getting over that hump because mm. some people struggle with that or that's a burden yeah. that they feel for more of their life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very stressful and like it makes it amplifies everything else in your life if you don't have that in order. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm lucky to have an incredible financial advisor in oh, my life. Amazing. I actually had her on the podcast. Cool. Anna. I got to listen to that yeah, one. She's amazing. And she's um, her philosophy is very much about financial education. Yeah. And regardless of your income, yeah. you can always do yeah. the right things, be able to totally. position yourself to be able to achieve whatever goals you want to achieve based on where you are in your life. Totally. And you're right. It's good a good thing that they're going to eventually bring this into the yeah, curriculum, but like, it's something that's not going to happen by osmosis. You have to seek out yeah, help. Yeah, like what did calculus ever do for me? Like, oh, yeah, life. I had just... Nothing. 
Oh man, you have such a great laugh. It's oh, so I'm glad. I'm glad. I've actually yeah. had a couple of people message me through the podcast, and they're yeah. like, "I just love, like, I, I laugh just, whenever you laugh." Yeah. I'm like, "I hope that's a good thing." I don't no, know if that's like a backhanded it is compliment, a good thing. but it's so great. It's so good. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I think we should laugh more in life. Yeah. I have like little signs around the apartment here <laughs> saying like we should dance and laugh yeah. more. So I'm that's glad. Good. Cool. And any last thoughts from you? Anything else you want to add? Any other hard lessons or anything else? Um, I before you wrap? think, uh, no, I think that this is like an important thing is to like find something that you love and pursue that and don't waste life is too short to waste it doing things you don't like doing, you know, like there's just no point complaining about something when you could change it like you are the director of your movie and you decide who plays a starring role and who who is a lead and who gets cut and who gets fired and who's there to help you like you you are in charge of that and you people need to you know think about that and really make your life the movie that you want it to be spoken like a true legit lady thank you <laughs> thank so you. much Casey it's a pleasure to have you on thank you so much Thanks for listening, everyone. Find us on Facebook at Legit Lady Podcast. That's L-E-G-I-T-L-A-D-Y Podcast. And on Instagram at Legit Lady Podcast. On Twitter at Legit Lady Pod. That's Legit Lady P-O-D. And please rate and comment on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you love what you hear, share it broadly and proudly. Thanks, everyone.